0: Coming up on today's episode, we are back with some Miami Dolphins talk for you guys here today. Obviously, the NFL draft was this past week. I am here to break down all of the Miami Dolphins selections, giving you guys my thoughts on each of our selections, the Miami Dolphins draft class. What do I think about it and how will these players impact the team going forward? Keep it locked in. I have a whole breakdown on that. And then that's not all we're going to talk about because you know what today is And that's a Miami Heat game day, baby. Game two here tonight at the Heat's house, Sixers-Heat. Can the Heat take a 2-0 series lead? We do preview that, and I also talk about game one and give you guys my reaction and analysis to that, and also talking about the rest of the NBA playoffs. I break down my thoughts on the Suns and Mavericks series, the Bucks and Celtics series, and the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies series. So a lot of things to talk about. A lot of fun things to talk about, though. Keep it locked in. All that coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Welcome, everybody, to this Wednesday edition of the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. It feels so damn good to sit here and talk some Miami Dolphins. Now, I know it's been a little bit of time, all right? It's been quite some time since I've last talked about the Dolphins, but hey, We got news to talk about, and that's mainly because the NFL draft had just taken place last week. And I mean, hey, you guys know how it rolls on this podcast. I mean, we got an NFL draft, we got some Dolphins talk to talk about now. Obviously, recently with the trades about Tyreek Hill and things like that, it's a little bit different as far as some drafts go. I mean, I'm not the only one feeling this, and I know this for a damn fact because I saw it all over social media where. It feels kind of different, but as a Dolphins fan who is always just living by the draft and so used to having a high draft pick or a mediocre draft pick and always worried about how this first round selection is going to impact our team, how is this first round selection going to lead us into hopefully making the playoffs? But man, have tides fucking changed? <laughs> Obviously, with the addition of Tyreek Hill, we got rid of our first round pick. We got rid of our second round pick. So we weren't picking until round three. And that was quite a damn surprise. Like, to be honest with you, I was not excited for the draft. Like, I was, I was not thrilled about the draft like years prior. I was not, you know, hyped up about it. Like, oh, my God, who are we going to get? This is make or break? Absolutely not. And to be quite honest with you, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's it's way different, definitely something that I'm not used to. But hey, when you talk about us having to be this way and having to not watch our team select in the first or second round, with the prize being having Tyreek Hill on your fucking team, hey, you you sign me the fuck up. I told you guys before, 10 times out of 10, our first round draft pick was Tyreek fucking Hill. Do you like it or not? <laughs> and we don't have to wait for this guy to blossom into something, uh-uh. This guy is already something, and we already, you guys know the accolades, you guys know the Pro Bowl appearances, you guys know what Tyreek Hill is about, and it's only a matter of time before the Miami Dolphins fan base gets to witness that at Hard Rock Stadium, live in person, and us from our TV sets watching what Tyreek Hill does, but this time wearing aqua and orange, so don't be too bummed out. And I hope you guys aren't about these first round, not having a first round pick, not having a second round pick, yada, yada, yada. We are making that shit worth it. Believe that. It's only a matter of time before this season kicks off. Obviously, there's been a lot of practice film going on, a lot of voluntary work. Players are looking good. You see the connection with Tua and Tyreek Hill. That's been something to keep an eye on, on Dolphin social media. And you just feel overall great vibes within the fan base. And that's one thing I love to see, by the way. There's no more... You know, just a year ago, we were discussing, oh, is Tua going to be our quarterback? Is Deshaun Watson going to be our quarterback? People hate Tua. People don't believe in Tua. It's nice to see that. I don't know if it's the change in the coaching staff or having Tyreek Hill. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be like most of the majority of the Dolphins fan base here is on the same side, and that's pro Tua, that's rooting for Tua, that's, you know, knowing that that's our guy and standing by that guy. Obviously, you know you're going to have a couple people here and there, don't get me wrong, but majority of the fact is a lot of people are on Tua's side. (laughs) And I absolutely love to see it, and I'm sure Tua does as well, because even though he says he does not read into none of that and he doesn't listen to the outside noise, best believe pro athletes definitely hear that, or if not, their friends hear it, their family members hear it, and so on and so forth. But let's talk about the NFL draft, all right? Let's get right into it. So like I said, no first-round pick, no second-round pick, right? Our team needs still remain the same. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to walk out of here with a linebacker. That is absolutely important. Our linebacker position, you know, we got Van Ginkle in there who's awesome. We got Landon Roberts who can do a couple of things. We got Jerome Baker, but there's not that real, you know, it's not really solid enough to my liking. Jalen Phillips, can you line him up at linebacker? Uh eh, that's debatable. I don't really like it. I like him more in the edge. But we needed depth in the linebacker position. That was something that I addressed heavily during free agency, and the Dolphins didn't address that in free agency. So I said, hey, third-round pick. You might as well use that. So, you know, a couple people thought running back. You know, I was very high on James Cook, but he obviously went prior to the pick. I don't know if Miami would have selected him, though. I know I was really, really high on him. But I don't know, something just tells me that, I don't know, we didn't even draft a running back at all. I guess it's not necessarily a need, but then again, I mean, having a guy like Moster and having Chase Edmonds along with Miles Gaskin, who we got already, maybe we're just set. Hey, we'll see. We got a magician out here, a run game specialist as our head coach, Mike McDaniel. I'm sure if anything, he's got a plan. I trust this guy. I trust him more than Flores, by the way. So let's let him rock with that. So I'm thinking linebacker here. I'm thinking linebacker all the way. Pick the best player available. I'm thinking we're going Leo Chenal. I believe that's how you you say his name. Sorry if I botched that, but that's a guy who I talked about on this podcast in a couple mock drafts. That dude's a freaking stud. I mean, he's fucking huge. He is a tank. He is strong as hell. I was hoping that the Dolphins got him, but the best player available from a linebacker position was Channing Tindall. Dolphins made their selection that's exactly who they got so they got Channing Tyndall from Georgia linebacker absolutely love the pick I mean if it was not going to be Leo this guy was second right there so obviously they had him ranked differently I think it was Mel Kuyper if I'm not mistaken who had that list he actually had Channing first so Dolphins took the best available linebacker at the position and I like that Absolutely love it. I mean, the dude plays hard as hell, all right? He's 6'2", 230 pounds. He runs a 4'4", 40 yard dash. Listen, for a guy 6'2", 230, and he's a linebacker, to run that fast, that's fucking big time. And you already know the speed that Jerome Baker has. Okay, so pairing Tyndall along with Jerome Baker, this looks like absolute heaven right there, added to a defense that's already top-notch. I mean, you know how our DBs play. You know what we got in Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. You know what we got from a pass rushing perspective. Can it be better? Absolutely. fucking I mean, Ogba and Phillips cannot be the only guys, and Wilkins getting after the quarterback. But the linebacking position right there, that's where you really, really need help. So bravo to the Miami Dolphins for picking a linebacker first. That's absolute pick I wanted. I was souped as hell. Great vibes on the fan base. I mean, this guy was a national defensive player of the year, finalist in high school. So the dude is game. I mean, and then you play for the Georgia Bulldogs. Listen, you don't get into that school, and you don't play for that school if you're not big time. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best, man. And just, hey, listen, he was third in the national championship squad with 67 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, which is big time, especially from a linebacker, and 5.5 sacks. Absolutely, 5.5 sacks from a linebacker. This dude blitzes. He attacks gaps. He's speedy as hell, which we talked about. He's a perfect fit next to Jerome Baker. And he's a great fucking tackler. I mean, 67 tackles in 2021. Great, great fucking pick. Absolute great pick, especially in the third round. You're able to check off that box in the need. Absolutely love it. And I think Dolphin fans, I think you guys are going to be liking him too. Definitely, definitely, definitely a guy that I believe is going to make an impact come here when the season rolls along. Now with our next pick, we didn't pick again in the third round, but we went in the fourth round. This one was a little bit of a shock to me. I mean, right here, I'm thinking we're going to go, I'm thinking we're going to go offensive guard, maybe, maybe even a center. I don't know, something, but I did not see us picking a wide receiver. So we went ahead and picked the wide receiver with this selection. And, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, it, I, it was it caught me by surprise. I mean, the way we've addressed this offseason, adding a guy, Tyreek Hill, having Jalen Waddle, you know, having Lim Bowden come back, re, you know, bringing back Preston Williams, and also picking up Cedric Wilson. I'm thinking we're set, you know? We did lose Devontae Parker, okay? And that's a big element that was lost. That's a big body. That's a guy who can catch jump balls. That's a guy who has relatively okay speed. He can catch slants, which is great. So we kind of need that, right? You think about the guys we have, these guys that run a lot of underneath stuff with Tyreek Hill and Waddle, a lot of these speed guys, even Cedric Wilson. It's a lot of slot action and not too, re- not too much of a, you know, a deep ball, go get, go get me the ball type of guy, right? You can argue Preston Williams, but is Preston Williams going to stay healthy? I mean, hey, I don't know what you think about Preston Williams, but, I mean, I'm tired and, and hoping for that. Like, we've been there, done that, flip the damn page. So, Dolphins made a selection here in the fourth round, selecting Eric Azucama. You guys know, from Texas Tech, wide receiver. You guys know him by now, I'm sure. He's 6'2", 209 pounds. His NFL comparison is actually Dante Moncrief now. Think about it. Moncrief was a solid player. Was he amazing? Was he great? No. But we're talking about a fourth-round pick here. If you can get Dante Moncrief out of that, I think that's pretty solid. I mean, there's not much real, real crazy value that's going to stand out right away. Of course, you can hit a home run later on, but these players being selected in the fourth round, that's the type of players you're going to get. So this guy's a big target, okay? Just like I talked about, he led the team in receptions all of his years, okay? He's a big guy. He can get jump balls, and he can run those slants just like Devontae Parker used to do, if not even better. His foot quickness is awesome. If you see his highlights, he has a couple trick plays to his game as well. When you look at those highlights of him, you just say, this is a Mike McDaniel type of guy. (laughs) Like, it looks like another guy that Mike McDaniel definitely has something in store for him. So this guy had 2,303 yards total in his career and 17 total touchdowns as well in his career at Texas Tech. So, Is he going to be an impact player? I think so. I mean, you draft the guy in the fourth round. He looks like he has Mike McDaniel written all over him. I definitely see a role for for this guy, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, he has the battle. Obviously, is Preston Williams going to be healthy? That's another thing. So a lot of question marks there. But overall, I I think I'm pleased with the selection, but I need to see a lot. So we'll see how that goes. So we rounded out the draft with two seventh-round picks. We went with Cameron Good- um, outside linebacker out of Cal. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. This dude has great size. He is a pass rusher as well. That's something we need. Like I said, relying on Wilkins, Agba, and Phillips. Is that sustainable over a regular season? We don't know. We're going to need depth from a pass rushing perspective. That's another thing that I feel like the Dolphins kind of lack to approach in free agency. But then again, you know, when we talk about the guys that we had adding Teron Armstead having money for Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson. I mean, we did spend a lot of money, so not too much you know, wiggle room was there. But this selection right here, he had 9.5 sacks in 2019, 6.5 sacks last year. Pass rusher, great size, 6'4", 240, but he's a seventh-round pick at the end of the day. So maybe we'll get lucky with a home run here. You don't know. Seventh-round picks, it's, it's a flyer, okay? And I think it's worth taking a flyer on something that you needed, which is a pass rusher. And then we finished with the seventh round pick. Again, our final pick was Skyler Thompson, quarterback. What a shocker. We got a quarterback. Tua's replacement is officially here. Skylar Thompson, just fucking kidding. He's going to be the third string quarterback. Let's get down to business. This is Tua's job. Nobody's competing with Tua. Get that out of your damn head. This has nothing to do with Tua. This is just adding depth from a quarterback position and adding a third-string quarterback that could potentially develop under Mike McDaniel's system and things of that sort. But he has to do—he has to show it in training camp. So this guy had a nice, nice season last year. He had 2,103 yards, 12 touchdowns, only four interceptions. I see he made smart decisions when I was watching a little film on him. Pretty solid guy. I mean, we'll see if there's even—if he even makes a team. I don't know. I could see practice squad being a thing for him, absolutely. Uh, But we went with Skylar Thompson, quarterback— with our final selection. So draft grade about this, honestly, I cannot give you a draft grade for this Miami Dolphins draft class because I simply... Just, you know, having third round, fourth round, and then two seventh round, it's just, it's really hard to get an overall draft grade because there's a lot of question marks with these selections, but I don't think it was a trash one at all. I don't, I don't see myself saying like, what the fuck were the Dolphins thinking? I think the Dolphins did pretty damn good job with what they had and Channing Tindall. That was the main piece. Okay. That third round selection, your first selection in the draft had to be somebody that's going to be an impact player. and From a linebacking position, I think they hit it out the park with this guy. I think he's going to be a stud, like I said. I think he's going to make an impact day one. I can see him definitely having a role and, like I said, making an impact, and hopefully from a pass rushing perspective because, hey, we need help. We need help getting to the quarterback. I really, really want this Dolphins defense to turn it up a notch and get back to the old days where we just constantly put pressure on the quarterback, and I think they had a damn good shot at it. So. Let me know what you guys think about the draft class. Let me know if you agree with my take on it. What do you think on Tyndall? Uh, What do you see the fit? Talk to me about this wide receiver, Eric. Let me know what you feel about that guy. Uh, But yeah, damn, it feels good to talk some Dolphins football. But now, let's shift things on over to some NBA playoff talk and Miami Heat playoff talk. All right, so round two of the NBA playoffs is officially begun. And the Miami Heat have officially started their series going against the Philadelphia 76ers. Man, what a game one that was. We got game two, obviously, tonight, which everyone is freaking excited about. But I have not talked to you guys since we eliminated the Atlanta Hawks and that was pretty much easy that was light work that was something we all expected so we're not going to dive deep into that because hey we already had enough coverage on that game but let's talk about round two so this matchup right here with Philly this is the matchup that we pretty much all expected but one thing we did not expect was that Joel Embiid was going to be out indefinitely for this series. So, obviously, those of you guys who don't know by now, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this damn podcast, you're not watching Heat Basketball, and you're just listening to this like, what the hell are you doing? But I got to say it. So, Joel Embiid did get injured And he is going to be out indefinitely. Obviously, he missed Game 1. More than likely, he's going to miss Game 2 here tonight. Will he come back Game 3 or Game 4 in Philadelphia? We'll see. I was hearing talks that he could potentially come back from this injury with wearing a facial mask. That's going to be completely uncomfortable. But man, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel bad for Joel Embiid. I mean, Joel Embiid has had pretty much such a roller coaster career i mean ever since he got in the nba i mean he started his first couple of years injured you know in and out of the lineup then comes back gets hurt again then has to deal with the whole ben simmons situation then you know he's people are talking about him being overweight and then he would get hurt again then he puts together two remarkable back-to-back seasons this year and last year arguably the mvp most likely going to be the mvp this year and then he hurts his thumb In the playoffs, which is a bad injury, by the way. Like, those of you guys who don't know, I mean, the thumb injury that he has, that's an injury that took out Jalen Brown for the entire playoffs last season. I mean, he has to get surgery on that thumb. That shit is no joke. Then he gets hit in the face and is hurt even more. I mean, you gotta feel bad for a guy like that. And people probably asking, hey, fuck that. You know, we're the Miami Heat. Why the fuck do we give him shit? Listen. I want to, I want to beat the best. Okay. I want to play the best at full strength. Like that's just, that's, it is what it is. Like if I want my team to win the championship, I want them to win it fair and square, no injuries, like a hundred percent. Like give me the best James Harden that you can show me. Give me Joel Embiid healthy. That's who I want to play. So I was a little bit bummed out to hear that news about Joel Embiid. I'm not over here celebrating like, oh, the Heat should win in four games, should win in five games. This is easy. Hell yeah. Should we do that? Should we win it in five games? If Joel and B doesn't play, I think we damn right should, but I'm not doing backflips about it. <laughs> not to say that I'm not excited that we beat that ass in game one. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I was really, really excited for the series with Joel. So, hey, I don't know if this might rub people the wrong way, but I'm hoping that Joel and B does make a return in this series even if it's tied up 1-1 after tonight and he comes back game three, so fucking be it. Check ball. Let's go. Like, this is playoff basketball. Let's get right into it. This is what it's all about. So I am hoping Joel Embiid makes a return. But let's talk about game one before we talk about game two here. So the Miami Heat winning game one on their home floor, 106-92. to This was absolutely the Tyler Hero fucking game. We've been waiting for this shit all playoff long, finally came alive, 29 minutes off the bench, 9 for 17 shooting, 4 three-pointers, 7 assists, and 25 points. The dude was on one from the jump. His shot was looking crisp. Everything was flowing. The pick-and-roll game with Bam out of bio as well. I mean, Tyler Hero had 7 assists. Victor Oladipo also chimed in, had 5 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. He played a lot of minutes. Kyle Lowry was out, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. Kyle Lowry did miss game 1. And he will miss Game 2. Status for Game 3 is definitely uh, questionable as of now. Jimmy Butler, 15 points. A bit of a struggle from the field. Bam out of bio, though. 24 points, 12 rebounds, 8 for 10 from the field. The Bam game was there. The game where you absolutely love to see Bam out of bio, hit somebody with the jab step, shoot a couple mid-ranges, play really aggressive. Damn, Like, Bam, show me this shit every game, please man i'm telling you when bam out of bio plays the way he played you can just see it like you see some inner kevin garnett in there you see it you see it you see it but it's up to bam to get to that level but story for a different day bam had a phenomenal game so tyler hero and bam out of bio the two kentucky products absolutely killed it how about pj fucking tucker as well rebounds, four for nine from the field, two three-pointers, two for four from three. And how about the fucking playoff run that P.J. Tucker has had? I mean, (sighs) I can't get enough. I can't get enough of watching P.J. Tucker go out there. I mean, the dude is all hustle from beginning to end, diving for loose balls, communicating defensively, taking charges, showing the passion, getting the crowd just hyped up, and those corner threes, too. I mean, this dude hits a corner three, stairs right back down at the bench. Like, come on, man. P.J. Tucker is a fucking dog, and I'm enjoying watching him in a heat jersey. Like, damn, I feel like just getting a damn heat jersey of P.J. Tucker. I'm not even a guy that, you know, gets heat jerseys like that. Like, I have a lot of them, but I'm very strategic with them because I'm scared. You know, I don't want these players to get traded. So most of my heat jerseys are all like Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, I do have a Josh Richardson one, but yeah, I was wrong about that one. For some reason, I kind of thought that Josh Richardson would be with the Miami Heat for a very long time. I was not right on that one, but man, PJ Tucker, what I'm saying is just the impact that this player has made for me and the fan base, I feel like, in only one year, not even one complete season, and everybody is a fucking PJ Tucker fan. That's a Heat fan. Like, this dude is awesome. Awesome to have. Awesome to have on your playoff roster, especially. Um, but let's talk about the Sixers. So, James Harden. <laughs> Listen, James Harden, 2 for 7 from 3, 5 for 13 from the field, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Is this the player that you're about to pay over $30 million worth per season with this extension? Yeah. Listen, this is nothing new. James Harden's performances in the playoffs have been completely ridiculous. I mean, he has choked time and time again. It's like when the pressure is at his highest, when he has to be the guy, when he has to deliver, he simply cannot do it. Is it mentally? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, at this point, it might be. I mean, for him not to break out of this slump when it comes to playoff games and just, you know, showcase himself. I mean, th- this is, to me, this is alarming. This is alarming for Philadelphia. who's about to pay this guy over $30 million a season to be playing like this I mean listen Joel Embiid is out you're James fucking Harden you're commanding over 30 million dollars per per season game one and you were leading at halftime by the way you got to take this shit over I mean five of 13 yeah come on now not good hey I hope he turns it up like I said I want to play a good good James Harden not this shit that I'm seeing But yeah, Tyrese Maxey was 6 for 15, one for 6 from 3, not too good of a game, had a couple flashes in there, did have 19 points, so he's definitely somebody that can turn it up, can turn it up quick. Danny Green was 1 for 5 from 3, this man was just chucking and bricking, take all the damn shots you want, Danny Green, I'm not scared of that man at all. Tobias Harris though, I'll tell you something, he had an aggressive mindset from the jump, and he looked pretty damn good. He really did look good. He was mic'd up. You heard the communication out there, those of you who watched the game on TNT. He looked really involved. He looked like, I don't know, kind of looked like a solid Tobias Harris, you know, and that's kind of been rare since uh, the Philadelphia, since, yeah, since joining Philly. I mean, he hasn't really been that dominant of a player, but he finished 11 for 18 from the field, 27.6 rebounds. I think he played a good game, and I think there's more of that to come. I don't, I don't know. The shots he was getting off there and the just the confidence he was letting that thing go with, I definitely think Tobias Harris is definitely going to be a key factor in tonight's game for Philly. So that leads us to the game tonight. So game two. I told you Kyle Lowry's out. Joel Embiid most likely out. And this game is at 730 at the Heat's house. We're actually favored by eight points. So another big number here. We were favored by seven and a half in game one. This game we're favored by eight points. So I don't know if I'm laying eight points. You know, it's a pretty big number for a team that's in the second round, regardless if they're being down their star player. I think Tobias Harris has another big game. I think Philly's going to play this game way harder than they did the first game. I think they're going to come back. They want to split this series up. They would love nothing more than to go to Philly for game three with the series 1 1. So I expect them to come out guns blazing. I expect them to come out hot. But ultimately, I think our boys prevail, even though we don't have Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, five for 16 game one. I don't think that happens in game two. I think we get a good Jimmy game. I think Tyler gets going as well, continues to get going. And I think Bam out of bio. I mean, you're going against these guys who uh, Reed, um, D De- Deandre Jordan. Listen, if Joel Embiid ain't out there, I think we're going to see more of what we saw from Bam out of bio here in game two. So Duncan Robinson also has, <laughs> didn't play game one. I thought that was surprising to me. So as far as X-Factors go, I can't say my guy Duncan. But an X-Factor for tonight's game. I'm expecting Hero to go off. I'm expecting Bam to go off. I'm expecting Jimmy to go off. Who's the X-Factor that's going to give us something? Damn. I'm just going to go with P.J. Tucker. <laughs> I think it's the safe call, man. I mean, P.J. Tucker's been solid. You know, what way he does defensively is just amazing, very timely. His corner pocket threes when he hits them are very timely. Fuck it. That's the X Factor for tonight, P.J. Tucker. So, like I said, I think this is going to be a closer game. Keep an eye on Tobias Harris. I think Maxi also will not have a struggle from three-point like he did game one. Will Harden be Harden? Will he be the scoring Harden? Houston Harden? I don't know. That's going to be the key. We'll see what we get from him. But prediction, I have the Heat winning this game tonight, taking a 2-0 lead, going up to Philadelphia for Game 3, where I will be in attendance for. I'm taking the drive up to Philly from New Jersey, going to Game 3 in hostile environment. I'm excited for that. I know Philly fans are going to be jumping up in there crazy, crazy loud. And I I just got to experience. I got to experience it. Have to. I don't want to go to Game 4. Game 4 is on Mother's Day, obviously on Sunday, so I said, fuck it. Game 3 it is. First game in Philly. I know it's going to be crazy, but I'm excited to be there. On next week's podcast, I'm obviously going to share my whole, you know, reactions to the series thus far and giving you guys my experience, talking about my experience at the Philadelphia game, because those of you guys who know, Philly fans get crazy. I mean, they have no fucking chill. I went up there twice the last time we played them in the playoffs, and it was crazy. I mean, some of the things that the fans said to me were just insane. But, hey, those are passionate fans. Those are Philly fans. That's that's what you get when you go to Philly. You got to be prepared. Got to be prepared if you're rooting for the other team. People are going to talk shit. It is what it is. To me, it's fun. Like I love this type of stuff. I mean, this is what sports is about. You know, just friendly. You know, well, I wouldn't say friendly, but just shit-talking comes with the game of basketball. So, I'm definitely gonna have my take on all that so keep it locked in um i also have to give a series prediction since i didn't so if Joel Embiid does not play in this series i have the heat in five now if joel does play in this series he's not going to be 100 percent. still going heat but i'm going heat in six so those of you guys who need to know that i got heat in six but if Joel Embiid does not play at all heat in five but let's talk about the rest of the nba playoffs here before we wrap up the show dallas mavericks and the phoenix suns that series right there game two is tonight phoenix won game one on their home floor devin booker looked great coming off that hamstring injury i thought hey i think devin booker's gonna get off to a slow start man seven for 20 from the field did shoot a lot you know it wasn't great but he had 23 points and it's not just about the points 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Chris Paul only had 3 assists this game. Devin Booker took control of the game, rebounding, playmaking, scoring when he needed to. Absolute great performance. Deandre Ayton as well, 12 for 20 from the field, 25 points, 8 rebounds. And like I said, Chris Paul 19 points but only 3 assists. Listen, he took the back seat, let Devin Booker run the show, and Devin Booker did not disappoint. Luka, on the other hand, was absolutely unbelievable. 15-30, to 30, did shoot a lot. But he had 45 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Luka is a fucking stud. Phoenix gets the win by 7 points. They take a 1-0 lead game two tonight. I think it's going to be a freaking close one. I know Phoenix won and Phoenix was up the whole entire game pretty much. But man, when you have a guy like Luka scoring 45 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, you got to expect like this series is going to get tied up. I mean, is Dallas going to lose again? I predict Dallas is going to tie this series up, and I think this series is going to be a dandy. I got Phoenix winning this in six, this whole series, but I got Dallas splitting up the series one and one. I think Luka's going to have a huge, huge series, and when you got a player like that, like you're bound to sneak in some playoffs wins. So I'll give the Mavericks winning two. I do think they tie it up, though, tonight, splitting the series one and one. So the other two series, I'm recording this right before game twos of these two series take place but just want to give you guys my prediction and my little recap to their game one so game one bucks won on the road against boston which was absolutely shocking to me being down chris middleton i thought that the celtics were going to win the game easily but my god that's why we play playoff basketball that's why we watch playoff basketball because you never know what's going to happen. Players step up big time, and Giannis absolutely did so. On the road, picking up the win without Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday was great as well. Bobby Portis as well. Tatum and Brown struggled from the field, and I absolutely don't think that'll be a recipe for game two. I think both of those guys get going, and I think they split the series. By the time you are listening to this podcast, they probably already did so. But if not, man, if the Bucs take a 2-0 lead— against Boston, winning both of those games on the road. Yikes. I think that's Milwaukee all the way. But I'm assuming that the Celtics win game two, making the series one and one. I got the Celtics winning this series in seven games. Give me the Celtics in six over Milwaukee. And then the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. That game one was fucking awesome. Jordan Poole, unbelievable. His playoff run has been Amazing, amazing to watch. Clay Thompson struggling all game, but hitting timely buckets down the stretch. Draymond Green getting kicked out for a questionable call, which I thought was soft as fuck and stupid, stupid flagrant too, but whatever. <laughs> Steph Curry was awesome. Uh, they didn't play their best game, which is scary. I mean, they won on the road against a pretty good fighting Grizzlies team without playing their best game. That's scary. Okay, now Game 2 obviously is taking place right before I'm recording this. I think Memphis ties up the series. I think it goes 1-1. I don't think that—you you reach Round 2, and I don't think any team is just going to lose both of their home games. I, I don't think that. I mean, in Round 2, no. Maybe in Round 1, but Round 2, I don't see it. So I think the Grizzlies do tie the series up, and then, you know, Game 3 in Golden State— series i got golden state winning this series in six games however uh, i just think that they're battle tested they know what it takes draymond clay steph curry i'm not betting against them not betting against this this entire playoff run until they play our miami heat which i do think is going to be the finals by the way but let's keep it locked in with this round two first so i got the golden state warriors in six like i said i got the celtics in seven i got the heat in six. And I have the Phoenix Suns in six games as well. But nonetheless, these round two games are awesome. I mean, (laughs) eight teams left. NBA playoffs, man. (laughs) This is damn fun to watch. I hope you guys are enjoying it. But game day tonight, like I said, game two at the Heat's house. Heat looking to take a 2-0 series lead. Have your boy going into Philly for game three with a 2-0 series lead. That's what I'm hoping for, baby. So. Yeah, let's get this win. Happy game day, everybody. Let's go Heat. All right, so that's a wrap. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you for the continued support on this Miami Heat game day. I hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the playoffs. Like I said, I'm going to game three in Philadelphia, so keep it locked into this podcast next week as I talk about the series, my reaction, and give you guys my experience from heading into Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia and talking about my overall experience in that playoff atmosphere. Keep it locked in here next week. So like I said, thank you for the support, everyone, and thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz.